All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Strategy Game Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Shippey, and today I'm here with Chelsea Lee, the CEO of Shipsy, and we're super excited to have her. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. Very excited. Yeah, it's been great. Ever since I discovered um, Shipsy, we've just kind of stayed in touch, and she's been a contributor on the blog, and it's so great just having her, and I'm really excited to talk this out um, because yeah. I think everything that you share on the blog is so great. So now it's just awesome to finally connect via audio and share with our listeners um, just some of your wisdom. Awesome. Yeah, really excited. It's been so much fun getting to know you and the community throughout. I mean, it's, I think it's been a couple of years now. Um, it has. Yeah, I think it's been two or three years, which yeah. is amazing. So we've got a little library of blogs going. Um, <laughs> I'll bring this over to the podcast. So awesome. tell, me, um, tell me how you got to where you are today. Because I always love, you know, we talk a lot about identity-based strategy and like, you know, why it matters, right? So there's like themes throughout all of our lives. And a lot of times you can look back and see, oh, this makes sense that I'm in the role I'm in, that I'm doing what I'm doing now. So I would just love to hear your personal story about how you got here um, and then we'll dive into what Shipsy is. Perfect. Um, yeah, well, the way that I see it is, is looking at conduits throughout, throughout your life. And it's much easier to see those conduits after the fact or <laughs> connect yeah. the dots after um, rather than in the, in the current heat of the moment or whatever position or personally, professionally. Um, so my journey really started um, in corporate retail uh, and buying and planning. So I worked for a retailer in London. Then I worked for Saks Corporate in New York, working on buying and planning. Um, and then that led me to technology. Uh, and I moved back to Minneapolis, where I'm originally from. Um, EDI is a way that retailers get purchase orders and invoices. And it was always a big pain um, at Saks. So I decided to get into a very, very technical and operational role with EDI data. Um, and then, you know, from there, really an opportunity came to me, a, an amazing mentor of mine asked um, if I was interested in sales. And I remember responding very vividly, something like, I don't know anything about sales, but I know 300 ERPs or I know all these retail systems, like, is that helpful? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, Really, at that time, I had the opportunity to create a startup within the four walls of a publicly traded company. Um, definitely, like really, really naive at the time to um, the other resources that that, that provides. Yeah. Um, and throughout that journey, I learned that after working with over 500 different brands and retailers, there was always two consistencies. One was the dark cloud of Amazon, and the second was that the investment firm or private equity firm likely wasn't speaking the same language as the brand. Um, Dropshipping eight years ago, for example, wasn't a common thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw that gap and I thought that I could go solve for it by joining something, maybe a retail focused private equity firm or starting my own consulting. Uh, at that time, I called a friend of mine um, who then asked me to look at a project called Shipsy. Hmm. And another one of those reflective life moments of, why you know i i haven't come from sales or yeah. i don't know shipping i know the systems but i'm i haven't worked for fedex or i haven't worked in a warehouse um and so when i dove into the technology which was originally built for traditional logistics i saw something very very different um and about a thousand people have told me when everyone zigs you zag uh, mm -hmm. so i think that that was kind of consistency or part of the journey and finding it um so 
when I saw it, I saw the immediate opportunity for on-demand and e-commerce. Then I called just about everyone that I know in my retail network and asked them if you could deliver to your consumers in a couple of hours, not make any major changes to your existing business systems, use your stores as distribution centers, get all the juicy data that comes with it, and by the way, paying for shipping is optional. Would you find value in that? Yeah. Um, and it became impossible to find someone who said no. So I jumped in two feet first and um, started raising capital, started dealing with venture for the first time, building a team really for the first time yeah. um, throughout an entire organization. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the backstory that I don't even know that you've really heard. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's really amazing to hear it. And there's some things that stand out. I mean, just the journey alone is really cool how that has all weaved together, right? Your background mm -hmm. in retail, like you being on that side of things and then diving into the technology and now really creating innovative solutions, right? Through a mm -hmm. gap that you identified is so fascinating. I mean, so you mm -hmm. saw a gap, you knew that you were going to do something about it, but then you still had that moment where it's like someone asked you to look at this, this mm -hmm. project, right? And you recognize, hey, this, this is what I've been looking for, right? That can yes. be that gap. So that was that moment for you. Exactly. Those conduits and those connecting moments. And, you know, my retail experience helped me get into even sales because we were making acquisitions within the retail analytics space. Um, yeah. And then knowing that data or the dorky operational and, and data heavy role that I had allowed me to dive into Shipsy enough to see that what it could, what it really could be. Yeah. Um, Amazing. And those, those conduits, I just, it's so hard when you're in the moment to see what it is. Um, but reflecting back on it, each stepping stone really prepares you for, for the next. Okay. So this is something that also came to me. That's really, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people can struggle with stepping into roles at times of things they have not done. It's not their area of expertise. So throughout mm -hmm. your life, there's been a lot of moments where you did not have the expertise <laughs> and you stepped into that role. So what do you think it is about you um, that took this, the plunge? Like, do you mm -hmm. see um, obstacles? Were you intimidated by that? Or were you just, were you just like, no, I'll figure it out. I'll create it. I'll get mentors around me. Like, what is your philosophy with that? It's a balance. It is a art and a science. I would say from my experience, one of um, my mentors early on in my career who ran a big gifting kind of hallmark type business gave me one of the best pieces of advice that I think of almost on a daily basis, which is jump in two feet first um, or her, her take on it is take down the big dogs first and the rest will follow. And I think about that throughout my day, throughout the week. Mm -hmm. um, and so even in the morning, like tackling your, your biggest item throughout the day or that thing that's been nagging and trickling on your to-do list every single day or the most important thing on your day. So I think it's about taking, down, taking on the big dogs first and the rest will follow. Yeah. Um, and that might be an LOI to prove to investors that you have buy-in from a retailer and that maybe that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and the other side of it is there's a lot of, of diverse opinions on first-time founders versus seasoned founders. Yes, I wish that I would know everything I know today when I started this journey three years ago, if I could go back and, yeah. and know all of those things, that would be amazing. It's just not realistic. 
Um, I think that first-time founders actually are incredibly naive to all the challenges and the complications to it. Mm -hmm. And you either break through those brick walls and figure it out or you don't. And those are the ones that either fail, but I actually believe I was quite fortunate in not knowing how hard it was going to be because yeah. you just figure it out. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that naivety, there could be an advantage to that the first time, right? Because you don't know how hard it is and you don't know yeah. what you don't know. So you're just knocking them out one, one brick wall at a time. And I remember we have a blog post from you on that. I should link that in the show notes. It's really good. I remember. Breaking through, breaking through brick walls or something. Yeah, it was about that. Breaking through those brick walls. Okay, mm -hmm. so now fast forward, you've got a team, you've got a, like a, a large operation here. So tell us about what Shipsy does, because I actually, I love the innovation and the process of Shipsy and how it solves a problem. And I'm interested to get mm -hmm. into how this last year it solved a problem even more, all that stuff. Yeah. Tell us what Shipsy um, does. So Shipsy provides any brand or retailer the ability to offer on-demand, same day, next day, and scheduled delivery. But we really think about it as a true omni-channel delivery experience for the customer. So Shipsy shows up at checkout online natively next to any other shipping option, and it's based on business rules. So we look at consumer location, inventory availability, driver availability. When those things align, Shipsy delivery appears at checkout, and then we partner with delivery networks um, and have access to uh, over 1.2 million drivers in 850 cities uh, okay. today. So we work with delivery network partners, have them battle out who has the best price, who has the best coverage, um, look at the size and the weight and dimensions, align the appropriate vehicle with the appropriate type of merchandise, and then consumers get their orders today. So the most simplistic, like our, our pitch during holiday, especially given the surcharges on traditional shipping methods was, hey, Mr. Retailer, pay more, give it to your customers in 10, 15 days, if at all this season, or pay less and use Shipsy. Yeah. Um, so right. it's, <laughs> yes, That's it's a pretty easy, easy sell, especially given, um, you know, the, the new environment that we're in today. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So this last year, have you just seen how much there's such a need for what you guys are providing? Um, and give me an example of like how this has looked in mm -hmm. this environment over the last mm -hmm. year. It's been a real challenge. I mean, retail itself is, is so shaky and has been so turbulent over the last year. A lot of stores closing, yeah. um, a lot of acquisitions happening. For us, several of our major customers, you know, filed for bankruptcy. Now it's, it's almost, I think of it like COVID. It was really, really difficult immediately when all of the sh stores shut down and some of our customers were yeah. filing for bankruptcy. Now looking on the other side of it, uh, we took that time to expedite a, basically a two-year roadmap within about six months. Wow. <laughs> and I'll tell you the, the outcome of that in a minute, but um, and now long-term, a lot of our customers are now owned by larger retail parent holding companies or larger organizations. So immediately it was stores aren't open. We can't pick up goods. Like no one can get anything. Yeah. Um, and then now we're seeing the increased demand. There's mixed reviews and mixed studies on the true impact, but it's basically a double year growth or six years, some claim six years of e-com growth expedited into six months. Um, so it's really, really been like a can of gas um, in a lot of ways on, on our business long term. 
That is wild. So how did it change your business model or grow your business? Mm-hmm. Um, initially, when we started with our first big batch of customers, we were really hands-on in learning what types of things that they needed or the types of systems. And that led to some customizations with our first big batch of customers, which great, we needed them in the, in the beginning and to give them more hand-holding. One, so that we ensured it matched and correlated with all their systems. But from our lens, making sure that we know the parts and the pieces and the nuances that we need to make automated or that we need to build or that we need to adjust long-term. So the three biggest impacts on kind of our core product that came out of COVID, one, we have a enterprise API that is, is basically a drag and drop API builder. Choose your fields, choose the order on the other side of it. We'll give you an output of the code that you need to implement. Oh, you want to plug it into your item management or warehouse management system. Great. Um, Think of it like a Twilio for delivery um, with retail rules and and kind of systems built into it. Um, So that can be customized or just generic out of the box and they can choose and pick, pick those customizations on their own. Um, And then the second was we published and launched a Shopify app within the Shopify um, partner store. So any brand can go sign up, install Shipsy, um, and start making deliveries in an hour um, if they're on Shopify. So that's amazing. It was a lot of heavy lifting um, to get to get that one right. And we worked with, um, you know, a couple of different consulting experts who really made that possible um, and also made a significant new hire internally that really helped and drive that. Um, And then the third was an instant delivery portal. So we know that integration is uh, um, can often lead to well, what other systems or what other priorities are in place. So we developed a no integration solution to help any retailer be able to get something from A to B without any integration needed. So anyone can go to shipsy.com, sign up for an instant delivery um, account, and they can send things within a certain radius to and from. So think about a small shop or concierge service. If customers are calling, texting, emailing their orders, the only thing the store associate would have to do is enter the delivery address of the customer and a driver would show up at the dedicated time. So now we're using that as an interim solution as we're doing a larger integration, for example. Amazing, that's mm-hmm. really awesome. Okay, yeah. I love that. I just, I think, can you, okay, can you think of an ideal small or medium-sized business that you serve somewhere in the country and give me an example of like how this works for our listeners so they can truly mm-hmm. understand, like visualize this in their everyday life? Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm going to make, I'm going to make one up. Let's say you have a wonderful plant shop in New York because okay. you have so many lovely plants in your background. Yes. <laughs> Lauren's plant shop. Lauren's so, plant shop. Here we go. Started in New York, small boutique. Not as many people are walking around New York or window shopping, right? So you're trying to figure out a way. Maybe you are doing podcasts or uh, webinars on how to take care of your plants. Right. Um, and you have an online site where you sell various plants, right? Um, large and small. So your customers uh, within the New York area or within a 15 mile radius of your store shopping on your website would see Shipsy Delivery appear next to 10 day or five day overnight. They would see Shipsy appear at checkout, select Shipsy. You as the store would get a pick pack time, how long you need to, I don't know, make a bouquet or get the plants ready. 
and then a driver would show up at a dedicated point in your store and say, I'm here for Shipsy order number 111, and you would give them the, the goods. And then they would make the delivery to the consumer. Um, and then <clears throat> let's say it's a big, big bouquet or yeah. uh, trees or something. Yeah. So we would send the larger truck or, um, you know, maybe a regular car for a pretty bouquet of flowers. Okay. Um, yeah. So great. Yeah. So what you make possible really is for the small and medium sized business to have this local delivery option mm -hmm. that's just a lot more feasible for them, essentially. Right. Yeah. And paying the same as they do for, let's say you allocate $8 in your FedEx for regular packages today. Yeah. Um, maybe you have some candles in your shop or something. Um, you can allocate that towards the cost of the delivery for the consumer. So if a delivery is, I don't know, let's say $7 and you already have $8 allocated for FedEx, you can choose to contribute towards the cost of delivery for the consumer. So it's no additional cost for the consumer, no additional cost for the retailer, um, provided you're, um, you know, capturing and monitoring it appropriately. And, and we help coordinate and facilitate and give recommendations on that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love the innovation of the model. So it's yeah, incredible. Well, thank you. The, oh, the other thing your consumer would get is a notification real-time tracking. So if they want to see where the order is or there it's just is. like if an Uber comes up on, you know, you see he's two blocks away. It's, it's yeah. a Shipsy white labeled basically across all of our delivery networks so that Uber. your consumers are notified um, and they can check on the order anytime they want. It's amazing. I can't keep plants alive, so I won't ever have a plant shop, but <laughs> those that do, they have a great method of delivery and uh, their consumers will get text updates. So that's yes, <laughs> yes, we all aspire. I aspire, aspire. yeah, I, someday. Yes. Um, okay, so prior to this call, we were just talking about what it's like um, just building a team, getting things done, and you mentioned something about the big three. You also mentioned mm -hmm. earlier in the call and just talking about how to move forward when you have lots of decisions to make. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and how it's looked for you and your team? Yeah. Um, well, one, I think to almost preface it, there is such an opportunity to turn weaknesses into strengths. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give an example. When I was first in sales, I knew nothing about asking people for money. Like I knew that I had to find out if they had budget for what I was selling, but I didn't know how to talk about that. So, you know, the way that I got around that was becoming really, really good at putting together a business or financial case to justify the spend. Well, mm -hmm. if we improve cart conversion by 13%, if we have a median average order value of 17% across our customers, here's what that would look like for your business. And so I think even the first part of it is where are the weaknesses or what are the things that are, are not really within your skill set, and where do you fill those gaps and how can you fill those gaps with hiring someone or maybe it's an outsourced project basis. So I think that's even the first part of making any really decision. And we have so many decisions now it's almost and everything is decision paralysis in, yeah. in the world that we live in now so I think even before thinking about those it's what gaps are you solving internally externally personally professionally like where are those gaps yes. and then once you've identified those and that that's like just a continuous process right like I'm trying to remind myself of that constantly yep. um, as the team evolves and people grow and expand their own strengths 
we talk um, about that so much the gap analysis like you have yeah. to get into your system on every level of life right like yeah. personally and professionally it's almost like yes. weekly if you went through and said okay where are my gaps yes run a quick gap analysis and then yeah. what you're talking about is how to bridge those gaps right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. i love that we should do our own one-on-one -on -one weekly gap <laughs> good I mean, everybody needs it. Right. And especially yeah. in your environment too, it's so fluid and there's so much growth that there is a need for a constant gap analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Um, and then I think once understanding that it's really about a three by three. So as I was recommended, uh, from a friend quite a while ago, they said, I feel like you always, every day you have these, like, you know, exactly what you're doing or exactly what's next on deck. And, um, I had realized that I was doing something in my professional life that I hadn't done in my personal life. So now I say it's a three by three personally and professionally, but really what it is, is what's going to make today the greatest day. If you have like, what are the three things that are really going to move the needle personally? And what are the three things that are really going to move the, the needle for the business professionally? So I literally, here's my, I have a, I use colored post-its because, or colored note cards because I, I'm a big fan of like having something physically in front of me. And so all day I'm staring at my, my three by three looking at, okay, these are the three most important critical things that I need to get okay. done today. Yeah. Um, and so I, I mean, I had done that for business, but I hadn't implemented it on my team or mandated people to do it or anything. And so someone yeah. from the team suggested that we do like a collective weekly three items for each person on our Monday meetings. And I had shared, I think that I do this with them. And, and they said, I think it'd be great if we all did that as a team so that we're all on the same page. And I know that this is Brittany's top three this week. And these are the things that Samir is doing. And in the beginning of the week, we're setting the foundation of this is the, how we're going to drive the business forward this week as a team. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really, really effective. And then we review it. We have a Friday recess uh, is what we call it, which is, is more of like love a, that recess. That's so fun. <laughs> it's, it's more of a, it's kind of the opposite. Like Monday morning is okay. Here's the, here's the okay. week plan. And then on Fridays, it's a more casual, more casual meeting and it's not mandatory. It's, it's optional, but we end up getting to know each other as, as a team individually and collectively a little bit more. And, um, and then the last few minutes, I'll, I'll run through what the percentage of the threes we checked of that week, and then we'll share any wins uh, going into the weekend. So that's been, that's been a really, really impactful exercise that we've, we've started to do on the team. And I don't see why we would ever drop it or why I wouldn't do it moving forward with any other business or any other team. I love that. Have you seen it really help them stay focused if they, you know, they weren't doing it before? Mm -hmm. like they are yeah just feeling much more organized like it, I like how it's very simple um, mm -hmm. it's easy to implement it's not an overwhelming system mm -hmm. but it works and it keeps everybody focused mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and you know being just in the startup environment a lot of times some of those questions wouldn't come up until maybe a weekly one-on-one -on -one later in the week on a Wednesday, let's say. So it gets everyone in line out of the gate from the beginning of the week on their priorities. Um, and then if things come up, we can talk about them or digest them, but kind of the expectation that you're going to bust your ass and do everything you can to get those three. And if you yep. need my help on something, then, you know, let's talk about it or let's figure it out together. 
So good. I love that. I think that's mm -hmm. something that everyone can apply immediately, you know, mm -hmm. with their teams and for themselves. And also personally, I love how you said that, you know, you, you've done this professionally, but not personally as well. And all of this is really tied together because if we don't take care of ourselves, like that mm -hmm. all bleeds over right into our professional lives. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, doing this for all of the different buckets is so important. So I mm -hmm. love you said that. That's really good. Yeah. The other thing that I have found with it is it makes things less of a big deal, I think, psychologically. For example, call my grandmother once a week, right? Yeah. It's, it's when you don't do those things or call an old friend this week. Like It's not even, I think we boil these things up where you think about an old friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. It's like, oh, it's been so long. Oh, now it's been longer. Oh, it's been longer. It's like, yes. If it's on your list, it's probably like some of those things are going to take less than five minutes and then you don't have this kind of um, angst, <laughs> nagging or angst about it. Really? Yeah. Yes. It's angst. Um, and if it's just a quick two minute check in, hey, Graham, just want to say hi. Hope you're having a good day. Like, oh, I have to run to a meeting in two minutes. I'll talk to you later. But like at least you're making those touch points um, in different areas. Yeah, I love that you're doing that. That's amazing. So tell me about the future of Shipsy here as we close out, you know, so where, where is it going? Um, what are some of your goals and what you guys are focused on as much as you can share for the yeah. future here? So there is a lot of exciting things. Uh, really last year we focused on the automation and um, really the stabilization of our platform and making sure that we could scale to anyone and everyone, regardless if they were a, a thousand store retailer or, uh, you know, a small brand on Shopify. Yeah. And this year we're really thinking and really working on a lot of interesting partnerships. So we sit in this unique area within the supply chain where we touch so many parts and pieces of, of a brand or retailers, um, just overall technology stack. So we're focusing on how do we make additional partnerships that are value driven for both of us that also help support our mutual customer. So yeah. if it is a warehouse that one of our customers uses, if it's their inventory management, let's integrate with them. Um, and so we're really focused on how do we make it even easier and even more simple for our retail and brand partners to get up and running or to add kind of these connectors, if you will, Shipsy connectors to things through partnerships. Um, and then the partners see it as, you know, it, it's a true differentiation. If your warehouse can offer something within an hour for the same cost as you do FedEx, you're probably going to get more business. So, you know, we're fortunate when our hand is in the pot that there, everyone else gets incremental value associated with it. So yeah. we're really focusing on partnerships, really focusing on some of our key points of differentiation, like large and small capacity items. Um, and then continuing really to hone in on the retail, retail focus and retail strategy. That's so great. I love the partnerships piece, particularly I work, you know, with the entrepreneurs that we work with, I'm always talking with them about collaborations and using that ecosystem, right. Of brands and, and yeah. partners that surround them and opening up their lens to how they can create and offer value with those partnerships. Yeah. It's gold. Yes. Like if we can realize that, develop a strategy around that and leverage those partnerships, oh man, like the sky yeah. truly is the limit. I really believe that. So it's like an endless network effect. 
It is. It absolutely is. I think it's actually the key to successful strategies. So that's amazing that you guys are in a place now where you're leveraging those partnerships. Yeah. It's, it's been really exciting and there's a lot of interest from very diverse supply chain providers. Um, Ones that I didn't necessarily anticipate that'll email me something like, Oh, I think we could partner on this or let's do a Shipsy chat bot integration or, you know, like uh, alternative things that I just wouldn't necessarily even think of. And really we see the new environment and, and this huge digital shift mm-hmm. and providing Shipsy is a no regret strategy um, to being able to, to not only survive, but really to thrive within today's turbulent retail environment. Yeah. And then there's another point. I mean, it brings new ideas to the table. So things sometimes that we may not have thought of brand partners can bring these things to light, you know, because they're, they're viewing it from a different angle, from a different lens. So when we can take all that in, it can only make it, you know, it can only make it better. So that's really absolutely. Love then that. we get to our decision paralysis. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you have to start all over again with yes. those gap analyses that you're going to be doing. <laughs> so you're going to have to move it up to one an hour. Yeah. <laughs> New ideas. Yes. Back and forth. Well, that's what good mentors and advisors and um, yeah. <laughs> industry experts are for to bounce some of those off of. So true. Well, Chelsea, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It was so great to have yeah. you. Loved so good it. to see you. So yeah. much fun. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>